DerivSource podcasts are sponsored in part by Eurex Clearing. The buy side faces several challenges as they prepare to comply with the central clearing obligation for standardized OTC derivatives under EMIR. Eurex Clearing has launched ISA Direct to address these challenges and to contribute to a robust, safe, and efficient derivatives market. ISA Direct is a new membership type for the buy side, providing direct clearing membership and traditional service relationship in client clearing. This new membership model gives firms a unique way to meet regulatory requirements with reduced counterparty risk and strong asset protection. To find out more about ISA Direct or to watch the information video, please visit urexclearing.com. Hello and welcome to this DerivSource podcast. I'm Julia Schieffer, the founder and editor of DerivSource.com. Risk in the markets is constant, but it's also ever-changing, and it presents real challenges and concerns for financial institutions. Geopolitical risk and cyber risk were both cited as top risk concerns in DTCC's recently published Systemic Risk Barometer Report. And in this DerivSource podcast, I'm speaking to Mike LeBrock, DTCC's Chief Systemic Risk Officer, about the results of this report to really shed some light on these risk concerns and to better understand where we go from here. Welcome to the podcast, Mike. Thank you very much. So, Mike, can you give our audience a little bit of background into yourself before we begin? Sure. Yeah, my name is Michael Liebrock. I'm currently Managing Director, Chief Systemic Risk Officer, and the Head of Counterparty Credit Risk for DTCC based in Jersey City. So today we're talking about the Systemic Risk Barometer Report. Can you tell us a little bit about this report and what you do to assess systemic risk and how you gather your conclusions? The DTCC Systemic Risk Barometer Survey, which was started in 2013, primarily serves as a semi-annual pulse check that monitors emerging trends on significant risks that may impact safety, resilience, and stability of the global financial system. We utilize a survey to benchmark DTCC Systemic Risk Office portfolio of projects and work against the risks and concerns that are front of mind for our member firms, as well as to drive our systemic risk outreach initiatives. Survey questions ask respondents to prioritize and define their top overall risk and top five systemic risks, as well as provide insight into the perceived level of systemic risk, including what efforts and investments their respective firms are making to develop and enhance their systemic risk mitigation capabilities. I would also add that, like any survey, it's really just one data point that helps inform our risk management program, and our survey really serves as a springboard to further engagement with our members to get behind the survey responses and really understand what's driving those responses. With a planned Brexit and turmoil surrounding the U.S. president election this year, it's no surprise that the report cites geopolitical risk as a top-of-the-list concern for firms. And now that we have some clarity on what is likely to happen next year for both the U.S. and Britain, do you think geopolitical risk will remain a top concern for 2017? I do expect geopolitical risk to continue to remain at elevated levels going forward. While we have decisions on the outcomes of the votes for both the Brexit and the U.S. presidential election, the uncertainty, next steps, and the implications that follow both results are still undefined and will start to formalize in the coming months and years to follow. 
In terms of the Brexit specifically, once the UK triggers Article 50, which Theresa May has discussed as potentially occurring in March of 2017, the UK will have two years to negotiate their exit from the EU. Only one country has exited the EU since formation, which was Greenland in 1985, and that exit process took about three years. The UK is much more integrated within the EU as global multinational companies utilize their UK offices as an entry point into the EU single market. The financial services industry specifically utilizes their offices in the UK to passport their services within the EU and would need to adjust their operating models if passporting of services was no longer available. Turning to the U.S. presidential election, I know a lot of people woke up in surprise following the results of the election, as most of the polls were forecasting that Hillary Clinton would defeat Donald Trump. A majority of the speculation forecasting had focused on which individuals would fill the cabinet and appointed positions in the new administration, what would be the regulatory outlook of the next administration, etc. The election results, however, appear to have provided a mandate for the Republican Party to govern through their control and leadership over the U.S. House of Representatives, U.S. Senate, and the ability to appoint Supreme Court justices. The Republicans in Congress and President-elect Trump should be able to pass and repeal legislation legislation as well as implement their policies. Other countries such as Spain and Italy are considering referendums following the results of the Brexit vote and the U.S. presidential election, building us on this momentum for change. So yes, I do expect that geopolitical risk will remain a top risk for at least the next few years. So focusing on geopolitical risk a little bit more, what exactly are the concerns related to this? Is it uncertainty with global or country economies or other possible changes? Concerns related to geopolitical risk encompass a broad spectrum, and I would consider geopolitical risk any item or decision that has impact across country borders and multiple jurisdictions. This can include decisions on trade and global alliances, utilization of government policy to disrupt and impact other countries, policies on global supply levels of natural resources, risks associated with migration and movement of people and resources via open or closed borders, sovereign decisions that reflect the nationalist view versus global view. So you can see it really encompasses many different types of risks. Some of the bigger geopolitical risks specifically related to the U.S. election outcome and Brexit, we've included in separate categories because of their broader implications to the global economy and impacts of financial services, including DTCC and its member firms. The report mentions regional differences between perceived risks. What were the main differences and what is the reason behind these differences? Since inception, our systemic risk barometer survey has featured a larger concentration of North American respondents versus those outside North of America, which reflects the makeup of DTCC's membership base. The most recent survey highlighted that North American respondents were more concerned with cyber risk, liquidity, and sudden dislocation in the markets versus respondents outside of North America. Inversely, Respondents outside North America were more concerned about Brexit, Asia economic slowdown, and the European economic slowdown than their North American counterparts, with the most significant difference related to Brexit. As a financial services practitioner in the U.S., Brexit is somewhat an unknown, with the actions on the ground planning and readiness efforts, for the most part, being led out of the U.K. Final decision likely will not have the same degree of impact on financial services professionals in the U.S. that it will have on those working in the Europe or U.K., which explains some of the differences in risk prioritization from respondents. For financial services professionals working in the UK or Europe, there are immediate concerns about the location of their jobs and functions. For example, is this gonna to lead to a relocation of myself or my family? If so, where? 
what does the professional development and mobility look like as a prolonged period of uncertainty rolls out? So that explains some of the key differences between the responses we received from North America or Europe. Cyber risk remains top the list of risks, which isn't surprising given the news of constant website hacks. Has concern over cyber risk increased in the last six months? And do you think this will change in 2017? So cyber risk continues to be the overall top risk with 22% of respondents identifying it as a top risk. It actually was 25% in the first quarter of 2016, so it did decline slightly. That said, I do expect cyber risk to remain ranked near the top, if not the top risk going forward. 56% of respondents have identified cyber risk as a top five risk to the broader economy, which is consistent with the response rate in the first quarter of this year. Also, cyber risk has been cited as a top risk in each of the DTCC barometer surveys since its inception in 2013, which is quite telling. Cyber risk verbatim comments that we received cite the increasing sophistication and frequency of cyber attacks. Cyber risk remains a constant occurrence. A cyber attack on key market participants could have broad impact and propagate across financial markets. And those are some of the actual comments that respondents wrote in to the survey, which gives a bit of context around their concerns. Cyber attacks continue against financial services institutions in 2016, despite significant increases in investment and a focus on cyber risk across the industry. Some of the more well-known attacks that have occurred recently was the, the heist of about $81 million from Bangladesh Central Bank. Bitfinex, which is the fifth largest Bitcoin exchange, was subject to a hack with $65 billion in Bitcoin stolen from the exchange. Also, Ecuador's Banco del Austro, where hackers targeted and obtained bank SWIFT codes and initiated unauthorized transfers of $9 million. And those are just a few examples of many cyber attacks that continue. Financial services represents the largest non-government concentration of investment and spending in the area of cybersecurity. And also financial service industry ranked third in the number of cyber attacks in 2015 behind only healthcare and manufacturing industries. So therefore, we really do expect this to continue to be a top risk and concern for the industry and will likely be cited as such going into 2017 in our future surveys. Going back to the report, what was the most surprising finding from this survey? Probably the most surprising finding for me was that risks of economic slowdowns across the various locations, Asia, U.S., and Europe, which spiked in the Q1 survey of 2016, declined to levels from 12 months ago. Another item that also surprised me was the degree by which broader geopolitical concerns and risks dominated discussion and survey results with the U.S. election and geopolitical risk and Brexit all appearing as top five risks, as I've mentioned. I suspect that some of the changes are due to the timing of the survey. The Q1 survey, for example, was launched in February, immediately following the early 2016 volatility that had appeared across markets in China. The Q3 survey was launched in mid-September, following the surprise U.K. Brexit vote and a tough U.S. presidential election campaign. So to some extent, the the timing of the survey does impact a bit the results we get, but those are the surprises that I found from the most recent iteration. And final question for you, Mike. Do you expect a new risk to take top spot in the top five list next year? Do you have any predictions for how the systemic risk parameter may change in the coming year? Now that the Q3 barometer survey has been concluded, our team will conduct a postmortem to both evaluate the process and determine any opportunities for continued enhancement in the upcoming versions of the survey. 
As we try and ensure the survey continues to evolve and remain relevant, we're constantly asking for feedback from our members on risks and focus items on their agenda to incorporate back into the survey questions. During 2016, we added new risks related to Brexit and the U.S. election outcome based on the feedback we received, which is something I would expect to continue in future surveys. I would expect that cyber risk security to remain near the top of overall risks and some consistency to be maintained within the top five risks so we can continue to show trending over time. Thank you, Mike, for sharing the results of the Systemic Risk Barometer Report with us today. You're welcome. I enjoyed it. Take care now. Listeners, you can find more information on this report and also links to recent podcasts and articles on risk management on our podcast notes page found on DerivSource.com. Thank you for listening. Join us next time.